Watch who? Hello. Hello, and welcome to T Watch Who, a Doctor Who podcast. I'm Mark. I'm Sarah. And I'm a Doctor Who fan. And I'm new to watching Who. Watching for the very first time. Very first time. And welcome, everybody. It's a new season, season 22. 22. Sorry. <laughs> well, I was going to say, welcome to anybody who might be joining us for the very first time. I don't know why you'd start with Attack of the Cybermen, but you might. You might be feeling 22 like Taylor and like want to start here. You never know. Yeah, maybe. Um, <laughs> <laughs> usually I have a, an intro, a very elaborate intro, but I still haven't got one. I'm just going to say it's real life. We're on Telos in the ice tombs. It's absolutely freezing cold today as we record. Cold, yeah. I've been cold all day. It's a classic January weather day. Oh, it's so bad. I mean, we had snow here in Wales, but like never stuck. Just like it was there in the air and I was like, snow, but like that was it. Oh, well, I think we should go straight into it because we've got a lot to talk about because it's a new season, new doctor, new setup, new setup, new format, two episodes, but longer. It's all happening here and we're in 1985 now. Yeah, gosh, 85. I'm born next year. <laughs> I'm still not born. <laughs> hey, what year are you born? 1990. 1990. I'm oh, a 90s no. baby. Do- I'm, not an, I'm just over the just over the hump. I'm a 90s baby. Oh, Doctor Who's finished by then. That should have been a sign of things for me, yeah. <laughs> well, okay, so Attack of the Cybermen. Now, last season we sort of ended on a bit of a low because it was the twin dilemma, ran out of budget. You oh, you can tell it's a new season for sure. All the budgets there, I thought. Well, it's okay. I mean, it's a yeah. I mean, it looks a bit. I mean, we can nitpick, but overall, there's definitely more budget. There's some really good, like big shot moments when they're running around. There's plenty of locations. I mean, it's directed well, but in terms of budget, they still went to Clinton and got all that plastic wrap for the cryons. I was gonna say we can nitpick <laughs> at the monsters. That's different. I think in terms of like, there's loads of locations. It looks like, it looks good. It looks like vast. That's what I'm trying to say. All right. Okay. Well, Attack of the Cybermen. So I was dreading this a little bit because it's not not one that I'm particularly fond of. I've watched it only a couple of times. And we ended up last season, you weren't fond of the Doctor and Perry particularly very much. Yeah. The, the Doctor was being very erratic and strangling Perry. Perry was... Had completely changed since we met her. She was, well, quite rightly so, quite traumatized, and it was all on her. And we just saw her completely like give up, basically straight away. And we begin the season like that again. It's not as bad. It's not as bad, but I've never. I think watching this in order as well helps because I do love Perry and I love the Sixth Doctor. But watching this progression, this very slow progression, you'd think after like, I don't know, it's been off screen for like nine months or whatever, back new series, is this the way to go? She is still like, she's like a nervous wreck at the beginning. And he's all, and she's like, oh, you know, trying to look look out for him and stuff. I suppose you can see that in the care room. But all I saw was her being like, why are you still here? You're still on the holiday from hell. You're with yeah. this person that you're just like jump, jumpy around the whole time because he could go completely psychotic again. Look, Doctor, do you really think you're up to this? I mean, you've only recently regenerated and, and, and yet you've undertaken so much work. 
Well, what I really mean to say is you still seem a, a little unstable. Unstable? 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 This is me, Perry. At this very moment, I am as stable as you will ever see me. And you're worried and stressed about danger and Haley's comet and I, I don't know. I just eyes bad though. He makes a se- he says something like, "I won't hurt you" or something. He says something like that, which made me sort of laugh. But she didn't react as, at all. It was as if like, like she could have gone like like rolled her eyes or something and like well, <laughs> but she didn't. So it, it almost as if like he sort of like got a bit of sense of humor about it. And she's sort of like with it. I don't know. I didn't feel it was as extreme as. No, I'm probably I'm probably like looking way way into it more than it's supposed to be. But I don't. It's just it's not that fun, friendly, adventurous vibe, is it? No, but mm, that first episode with them both, like last season, was just awful. Like whenever they were on screen, I didn't want them to be on screen. Right. <laughs> like, it was just like there's no real chemistry between them. It was just awkward to watch. It didn't feel comfortable. This didn't feel uncomfortable. Like she could joke about like when she's walking around, she could joke about like like he said about standing out then. She's like, well, of course you're doing that jacket. There was some sort of like a rapport there that hadn't been there before <laughs> at all. So I get what you're saying. It wasn't as awful as it had been previously. It felt a little bit warmer and a little bit less erratic, but it also felt like more settled into this character. And I don't know whether that's because me viewer watching is like, well, this is how this character is now. And I've sort of settled into like that persona a bit more. Well, we'll just do clothes watch a minute. So what uh, do you think of Perry's? Well, she's got two awful. outfits. So she's got like the pink leotard the pink thing. thing with the little kitten heels is horrific. When she had to jump down that hole, I was like, yeah, who in costume or in produ- whatever thought, let's stick her in kitten heels. Let's stick the, look, the companion that has to run around and do stuff. And why? Why? What is it with the 80s and sticking companions in kitten heels? It's. I think they're the same shoes as Tegan's. They look the same. Oh, they're just awful. Do you, did you like her boiler suit thing later on, though? I was thinking that you might like that. Because she's oh, in yeah, that... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I enjoyed that. It, it was just those... Like, that initial outfit was so 80s. Which it is, and that like that I could. It was it was the shoes, right? I'm all about a practical shoe, a shoe for the occasion, right? She's not at a wedding, she's not on a night out, she's not like she's like running around in mixed terrain and environments. <laughs> and a practical shoe on love, right? It, someone oh, put God. a practical shoe on her. It was awful, especially you know when he's looking for the signal and they're running around the street. She is clomping away after I him know. like so badly. <laughs> I don't know if that's supposed to be comedic or not, but it's just painful to watch her just like... I get that it's a time and people did dress like that and it was trying to like... But like also, I don't know. I think like it's just a a, a symptom of the time. And I'm just like, put a practical shoe on the girl. Give her a flat. Just give her a flat. Give her a ballet pump, right? And she can still look semi-stylish and go around at her heart's content. Well, she got into something warmer when they were travelling. She got into that jumpsuit thing, at least. They were nice later on, weren't they? So? Yeah, so they had to, yeah. Listen to the commentary of this, and 
Nicola Bryant, who plays Perry, said there's like she's got this belt and there's like this keyring thing on there, and it changes like halfway through because someone broke into her dressing room while they were filming and stole her shoes, her underwear, and her keyring that are attached to her belt. Oh my god! <laughs> just she just casually mentions that that's what happened. I don't know who they. That's Some the eighties. <laughs> that's really specific stuff. Like the shoes, I'm like that could have been someone in costume doing her a favor, right? Underwear as well. Oh my gosh. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, what were you gonna say? Um, can we talk about the 45 minutes? Oh yeah, how did you find it? Did you watch both or what did you do? Yes. So I kind of like I only started it today and I've been working. So before I started work, I did the first one and I found that really good. And then going into a second one on 45 minutes. So I'd sort of started the second one. I'd done like 10 minutes. I was like, I have to start work now. It was like nine, so I was like, I need to do some work. Then Britbox lost it, so I had to start again. And I couldn't remember where I'd started because like it doesn't have the same sort of balance. So I ended up starting it again, which is why we were late recording. And I just, yeah, I couldn't, I struggled the second time. I think I'll get used to it, but it's because of the way that I have been used to doing it and I just need to rebalance it. And... But I will say, in some ways, I think I prefer it. I think, like, you can have a bit more story. I feel like there's moments where they're still working that out because there was a moment, like, about 20 minutes in. I think it was the first episode, and it felt like that was a cliffhanger, but obviously there's no cliffhanger. It's it's a weird story. I mean, it's not probably the best story there's a lot of different disconnected things. So you've got the guys in the sewer to begin with, someone's killing yeah. them. You've got the Doctor and Perry chasing this signal for a long time. And like the TARDIS looking different. And oh stuff. my God. Well, yeah, all of that. I mean, I feel like that there's quite a lot of padding in this because he's they're following this signal. They get the signal to Earth and they go and he's running around and that's when Perry's clomping all over the place. They yeah. go back to the junkyard from the first episode for no reason at all. No. He's trying to. There's this... some really interesting throwbacks. Sorry, just some tropes. Like they go for all those names of people and stuff. I I think it's just a start that like it is Doctor Who, and like this is the Doctor. I think it's to give to some some sort of continuity. But I think there's two. And then you have, but then you have all the Cybermen stuff. This is part of the problem. This is the criticism. It's just all of this fan references. This is this is the 80s where fans are getting more involved and they're doing it for the fans not so if you're watching a brand new series doctor who you've got all these old references you've got all this other you know all the cybermen references we'll get to the story is all around continuity of the cybermen and you so you've got all the sort of fan pleasing stuff but then you've also got the producer who's been here since the end of tom baker doing a lot of things for the press so i think this whole bit all about the tardis changing shape and all of that it's not it's i feel like it's very padding but he i think he did it because he could put in the press oh it's not going to be a police box anymore so everyone can get rolled the fans can get rolled up and be like you can't do that you can't change it. the press can report on it and supposedly people will tune in but the problem is and i think we'll see this as we carry on in the 80s we've already seen this a bit sorry Carry on a second and I'll get my chicken out of the oven. Oh, you got a chicken. Okay. Uh, <laughs> the Ash. problem is, I think you've got all of this focus on press and focus on fan pleasing. Yeah. And the story and the actual script and the actual episodes are the thing that comes last. And you don't get a particularly good story in the end. I mean, because you, you said, did you follow the story? 
The first part, yes. The second part, not as much. The first, so I, I was trying to work out whether, you know, the people that are outside on the planet, right? And we sort of see those two guys. Start. Yeah, those two guys. Were they in the first part or were they at the start of the second part? Because I'm moving to them. I can't remember which one it was. Well, that's the thing. You've got Dr. Perry with the signal, you've got the gangster guys, and then you cut randomly halfway through episode one to these other two people on this planet. You follow their story. They're completely separate for most of it until near the end. Was that in episode two or episode one, though? It starts in episode one, just random scenes, but yeah. not connected to anyone, and then carry on through episode two. It, there's someone to cut back to, basically. And then right at the end, so you follow these people, okay, you think it's going to link up. What happened? They just die at the end. They had yeah, nothing yeah. to do with it at all. They just get It's just someone to cut back to because I don't think they've got enough story. That's the, this is the problem that I have with these. I feel they're just getting used to the new format. I think it's more that I think like they've been so used to writing for twenty minutes, twenty three minutes, whatever, and now they've got to write it out for forty to forty five because it's not like you'd all right. We'll combine it. It's very different. You've got to have a different pace, and I think this is the start of them just finding out how to do that. Like for this show that has been in a very rigid way for 20-odd seasons. Because it starts off all right, because you've got this signal stuff. you got gangsters. Lytton is back. Do you remember Lytton? Sort of. He was in the one that Tegan left. He was the policeman with the gun. I thought he was. I thought yeah. he was. Yeah. I know, like, I got that he was supposed to be, like, someone I've seen before, and I was trying to think where it was. And they mentioned that he worked with the Daleks, and I was, I was pretty sure it was that one, but... We're not going back to the flat. We're doing the job today. That's all of a sudden, isn't it? You had something else planned. No, it's just that I was expecting a bit more notice. We go today. Without fail. So you got those four guys, and, and but that does work because you cut into them and then they end up meeting the Doctor and Perry in the sewers and everything. Um they're supposed and the guy that's in the front of the car with him, the one that's the policeman that meets the Doctor and Perry in the sewers first, he gets yeah. killed in episode one. He's the guy that plays Davros. <laughs> so, um, but that that sort of links up, and I, I I followed the story as much as I ever have. So you've got Lytton, who this signal is actually from Lytton, who's contacting the Cryons or whatever. I don't know why the Cybermen men are under underground. Oh, yeah, hang on, okay. I'll I'll just carry on while Sarah's got chicken in the oven that she needs to get out. But I'm going to carry on talking. Can you hear me? Oh, she can sort of hear me from the kitchen, so I'm going to carry on. I'm going to turn the volume up a bit. Okay. Then... I'll ex I can explain the plot at this point. Yeah, you're going to explain the plot. I'll get the chicken out Okay. Later. So, where am I? Okay, so Lytton... Yeah, so this is what I didn't understand, why the Cybermen were under the sewers. And this is where I think we're getting all these references just for the fans, because we had that one, that second Doctor one, the invasion, where the Cybermen were under the sewers. And then later on, we go to the tombs of Telos. Well, I suppose the Cryons lived there, but that was a second Doctor story, the one where she let him in with the £50 note. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, and then they talk about Mondas, and the whole plot is that the Cybermen want to change time so that Mondas and Earth don't have that conflict, which was the first Doctor's last story. But it doesn't really explain, have they time-travelled? Can they time-travel? Why do they know that they need to time-travel? Uh, and they want Haley's Comet to crash into the Earth so the Earth doesn't exist, so then the Cybermen planet can exist. And it's just really convoluted. 
And on top of that, you've got the random two guys in the pit doing whatever for no reason. It doesn't matter. There's no payoff there at all. It's, as I say, someone to cut back to. So in terms of story, I just, yeah, I've never really enjoyed it. I don't think I will. There are some good points to it, but I just, I don't just know. Need, I just, I'll be one sec. I, I just needed to check my juices were clear. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fine. Yeah. I'll carry on. <laughs> yeah, I'll be like another like 30, 40 seconds. Okay, okay. Sorry, everyone. We've, we're, we're on a schedule and Sarah has a chicken, so uh, in the oven. So, yeah. <laughs> so I just have to carry on. Oh, yeah. So the gang stuff, I never actually understood. This is the first time that I realized Lytton was working with the cryon. So he was sort of good. In the end, I never under- I thought they were genuinely doing a bank job. Um, but that was just a reason to get them into the sewer so he could meet the Cybermen. But then how yeah, it's it's still, yeah, why are the Cybermen on Earth when it all actually happens on Telos? That's what I didn't really get. And I don't think anybody really thought that through. It's but I do like that we do see Earth. And we go to another planet. At least the story divides up. By the time you get to part two, there's something new. You've got the tombs. You meet the cryons for the first time in part two later on. So at least there is enough to to cover two episodes in that way. You've got a change of scene. Uh, Alexa, just... time of 20 minutes. Okay. Okay. Sorry. There we oh. go. <laughs> we're just talking about the plot we were just all discussing the plot but yeah sure um <laughs> we just still don't understand but that's quite uh, yeah well I, I tried well there's not uh, there's no point to it i was also saying the cybermen want uh Hades comet to crash into the earth so then their planet can be saved because they yeah. don't want that story that was the end of the first doctor to happen yeah yeah whatever um i kind of got i kind of like understood the bits of that i think it was just I found the first one a lot easier. I think one because I started the day with it and I had nothing else going on and stuff. But I we've talked about this. Sometimes just when you watch it can affect a lot. But also I think actually I thought initially it did a lot of good like setting up, you know, when you know, I enjoyed the whole heisting going on at the start and like where does that lead and how these people because I didn't notice it was the same guy to begin with at all. But that yeah, this heist thing is cool, but it doesn't go anywhere no. because well, that's what I mean. It sets up some really nice ideas at the start. You know, you have the Doctor and Pe- they're doing their exploring. That's what that's a Doctor Who story. They go and they're exploring. You know, all that, and then you meet and run into some baddies and stuff or goodies or whatever. And I think it also, I think it is the nature of them thinking in the head. We've only got two episodes, and I think the Cybermen are introduced too early. They are, aren't they? I mean, it's called Attack of the Cybermen. I think they've got two episodes, and actually, you've got the same amount of time as four. You have, yeah, but they don't. The Cybermen don't really. They're just. Well, I don't think they're very good in this. I enjoyed the um, human guy. I've forgotten his name. The um, Litton. No, the other guy with him, the bald guy. Oh yeah, okay. I can't. I can't Um, remember his name. I enjoyed him mimicking the Cybermen's voices. Yeah. Actually, my big takeaway from part one is when the Doctor and Perry are doing all the junkyard stuff and running around those streets, and goes on and on, the music. Actually, the music in the whole thing is so annoying. It just keeps... The music It really distracts and is very, very overpowering and annoying. That's what I also don't like about this. There's lots of things I don't like. 
<laughs> what about the cryons then? Let's go on to something different. The cryons. Those costumes are not great. So I thought, do you remember in the very first Doctor's, like, story, not the first story, but in the first season, and the guys at the window with the big heads, the... Um, sensorites. Sensorites. I feel like they've taken the sensorites' heads and covered them in bubble wrap. They sort of have, because they've got these, like, magnifying, like, plastic magnifying things over their eyes to make him look bigger. It's obviously a mask, but I think they Oh, added... the mouth is awful, because it's literally just a cutout. It's a cutout, but they added this moustache thing over the top. I think they added that later on because they saw the cutout and was like, this is bad, so let's give them all these plastic That's moustaches. That's very sensorite though. The sensorites had facial hair like that, they? Didn't did, they? they did. But then you then you add their whispery voices Ugh. and their movements. And don't know why. It just reminds I was like, these are people that have just graduated from drama school and have been told they're gonna be a monster in Doctor Who, or they're still in, and this is like their first job, right? And they're just doing as they're told, and the director's given them some very loose instructions because I don't think any act, like I think, I don't think any actors would think like, oh, it's so over the top. But I feel like they're just doing as they're told, and the director doesn't really know what he wants from them, so he's just sort of gone. Yeah, you're very slow, eloquent. Like we need them to feel safe, and I feel like it's just and because actually the costume isn't restrictive. It, like I know, like other than the eyes, it's not a restrictive costume. You're in a onesie with a furry face, and you know you've got the um, bubble pop neck and stuff. So like, I think it doesn't match. Normally, if you're in a big costume, you need to be bigger to make some form of movement. That's not really the case here. It's funny you say that because the actresses that play it are very good, well-known actresses, and they sort of cast them to be like the the names. So oh, one's really? like Faith Brown, who's been in loads of stuff, and you got Sarah Green as well, who ended up being the Blue Peter presenter later on. And there was this again publicity before anything else, and they did have and they publicised it, but then she pulled out. Um, one of the main cryons was going to be Koo Stark, who I didn't know, but she was famous at the time because she was going out with Prince Andrew. Right. <laughs> and there was like, this whole thing, Koo Stark to be Doctor Who to play a cryon. I mean, it's probably good that she probably saw the costume and was like, I'm not doing that. So poor, these poor actresses who are well-known actresses and Faith Brown was cast That's to be so interesting. I just presume that there were people that just... Because you can tell there's some good... act, Like, you can tell there's ability there. It's almost like they've just been given a really poor direction and just been told to do this. We can't do much with it. I, I no, like... there's nothing you can do with it. And like, and he said, why cast such big names to not have their faces seen? Like of the time, do you know what I mean? Yeah, it's so. The faces you can't see that they're literally in a mask. If you're going to cast names, you want to know. You want to go. That's who that is. That's interesting though that you say about like the publicity saying who was in it at the time, and that still happens now. Yeah, but you wouldn't. But the nowadays, you would make sure that they oh, are you're seen. Oh, you make sure you see their face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I think it, they're a bit of a random addition because those tombs are supposed to be like that. What that second Doctor one? You know, that was vast and it was with Jamie and Victoria, and they went yeah. in the eyes. It doesn't look like it at all. It's just a again a poor imitate. It's just like. But some of that, I think, as well, is a little bit of the color. I mean, you can get away with more in black and white. I don't know. But then these cryons are added because supposedly they used to live there. They've added this thing in because I think they need an extra monster, extra character. 
It's a bit but, random. But ironically, they really don't. That's the thing. There's so much going on in this story. They really didn't need it. But but they're just like Perry opens the door and there's just two of them sitting in the tomb. Do they live there? Have they been there for years? What is this? Where's the explanation of the where this All society? She said was they don't have a planet anymore. Well, they used to be there, and then the Cybermen took over. So why are they just sitting randomly in the tomb until Perry opens the door? I would have liked a bit more them and Perry having a bit of a storyline rather than those two random guys in the sandpit being violent and then just they have nothing. They don't meet the Doctor and Perry. They, they All they're doing is trying to escape the planet and they get killed. And then this is also the other problem, the violence. You, oh, I mean, my gosh. I can believe it. You know when the guy gets litten and he's killed and that blood on the floor? I was like, no, I mean, you don't see him dying, but all that blood, I was like, oh, my gosh. So many people just get randomly shot. His Yeah, his hands and the blood. Um, that cryon gets she gets sent out and like burns to death yeah and but the um the guys in the pit are beating up the cybermen and they get killed like there's so much violence this is again where it comes in the news that and it will be that doctor who is too violent but this but there's no justification i feel like they're doing it for the sake of it and they close up on the blood on the floor and him lying there yeah. You know, there's a lot of these close-ups. And we, and even the guy, the Davros guy, when he shoots the Cybermen in the TARDIS at the end of part one, they do. They make sure they do a close-up of the gun going to the Cybermen's mouth and it shoots and they're showing, obviously, he's a Cyberman, so it doesn't affect him. But the gun in the mouth, all of this stuff, even, well, the Doctor ends up having, well, he gives Perry a gun to, to put on the police. A couple of times, Perry's, like, again, added to her trauma. You. That's nothing. Oh, yeah, you. I know, but she's not. She's like, why are you giving me a gun? Like, I don't know. But we've always complained that the companions shouldn't be given weapons. The Doctor shoots a load of Cybermen. It's when they use the weapons. I know, That's but the Doctor, yeah, but this Doctor is forcing Perry to hold a gun oh, and to say... No, I don't I don't feel that because it, the companions have had weapons. The Doctor does not have a weapon. The Doctor's never had a weapon. But he does now. He shot a load of Cybermen at the end. Well, that's what I mean. That's always been the thing. But like, the Doctor does them... The companions have, and it's usually for self-defense. Uh, yeah, I suppose it is, and she doesn't want to. But I don't know. The doctor's putting her in that position. I just think I just think there's way too many guns in this. Way too. And I know I'm sounding like today, but I don't know. You just wouldn't do a lot of that today. You just wouldn't do yeah, all of that. I think you would. I I no, you I wouldn't. Didn't. You wouldn't have all that blood on the him crushing his hands on the blood on the floor. I think he's trying to appeal. Like you say, if it's trying to appeal to its fans rather than its... like So, again, it kind of comes back to what we talked about with the new series. I feel like the new series is trying to attract new audience and a younger audience that will grow up on it, right? In the same way that, like, new fans that came in when they were young and watched David, like Chris Reckles and David Tennant and they've grown up on it and become fans. I think it's trying to do the same now. I think it's almost like a restart. So, you know, things like having the musical episode. I know, you know, we're talking about, but this feels different. This feels like it's trying to appeal to its current, its current demographic, I can't speak demographic, which is older. But I'm not, but equally, I don't feel that surprised by all the guns and stuff like that. I don't know, but it's still showing on a Saturday at five o'clock, you know, for the family to watch. I don't know. It just... I think the blood is different. And I think, like, the way of people being killed is different. 
But I don't think the actual look. I mean, the, the they're always at war with people. This is like we've just had the last season where everyone died in an episode. But yeah, it's carrying that that sort of that a uh, darker violenty nature it's carrying on into this season but, but, but it's we had just... like the last doctors very few people survived in any of his stories this so, like and people didn't just fall off cliffs they were killed so this is nothing new to me i'm i'm not that i'm i know what you're saying i think it's not the killing it's oh it's not the fact that people are being killed it's how they're being killed and what we're seeing i think that's what's different i think like seeing the blood or like you said putting a gun in a mouth that's a very different thing. But I'm not faced. I wasn't faced by Perry having a gun. No, I know. It's just, I don't know. It's because just that... all the companions have had them at one point or another. I can't think of any companion. Of, I'm talking like when there's just one companion. Not like if it's two, usually it's more the male than the female and stuff like that. I can't think of any when it's one that haven't had to use weapons. Because the doctor doesn't. That's always been insane. And when he does. That's why it feels so strange and out of character. But then also, I don't feel like... Actually, I didn't feel it was strange and out of character for this Doctor. No, I, I just feel like it's just this 80s tastelessness that's coming through a little bit, which is it's just a completely different... yeah. It's yeah, just yeah. this different style that takes a bit of time. Because we've watched in order, it just takes a little bit of getting used to. So I can it only does. imagine people tuning in to a new series and being like, okay... What's you know, but yeah, it's it's not terrible. And the Doctor and Perry, like they're the actors are brilliant. And Colin oh, Baker, yeah. Colin Baker is doing everything. I'm sure is the script and the director and everyone is asking him to do. Whether that's right or not, he is delivering. Yeah, for sure. I think actually they both are. Like, I didn't hate Perry as much in this story as I did the last story. Her her trauma level is a bit lower in this actually. It's and she she hasn't got tons to do, but. She's involved in where she's by herself and like she's having to do things, you know, like she didn't annoy me as much at all. Did I follow the story? I don't know. But but also, actually, I say that the first half I definitely did. Episode one, I definitely followed. I was following it, I was like, okay, yeah. And like, I don't know who these people are, but I get what like it's different and we're jumping. And then it was the second part, and I don't know why they threw in another monster. I mean, do we need two in a two episodes? I know they're longer, but I suppose yeah, I don't know. It's yeah, I'd say the structure's a bit all over the place, but I mean it's different. They're quite they're quite I don't know. They don't look great, but they were quite nice. That one that the doctor was talking to, she was quite nice. Do we need them? Like that's my that's what I'm asking. Like, because you've got Doctor and Perry, Lytton and Bold Guy. Cybermen, so that's and then fourth is like the two guys on the planet. That's already like four in in two episodes. And I know they're longer, but that's already quite a lot. Oh, yeah, we'll see how that goes. We'll see how it goes in, in terms of the the other stories. But no, it's it's just not a great beginning of a series for me. It's not one that I it was nice to start it with something that we know, which is the Cybermen, and we know how they work, and we know how they, like, yes. we know them, right? So in what is a lot of unknown, we don't really know this new Doctor, we don't really know Perry that well, but the Cybermen, I understand as characters, so that is, like, one less thing on my plate to try and get my head around and yeah. learn and understand. So I kind of appreciated that. What did you think of the Cybermen this time? 
I didn't really think anything. I thought they were fine. It's a cyber like, leader. Yeah, we're a cyber leader. They're not, it's weird. They're not like this big dynamic thing. And I think that's just some of that sound to the, the way it was paced. I think they came too soon. I think it would have been more dramatic if they'd have come at the end of the first episode. And then it was just about them and their journey there. And I don't know how they would have done that. I don't think the cliffhanger was very strong, just the sort of Perry doing her Kim Kardashian face again. It's just a few like, like I say, fan-pleasing marketing things rather than <laughs> script. But, you know, there we are. Well, okay, it's an all right, it's an all right start. What's next? Okay, well, next, well, it's a two-parter. Yay! Uh, <laughs> and it's called Vengeance on Varos. Vengeance on Varos. I think they'll go to a planet called Varos. There we go. That's a safe enough guess. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, um, let us know what you think of Attack of the Cybermen. If it's uh, is it your first time watching as well? Is it your fave? Is it your favourite? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. It's funny. I don't. Maybe if I'd had this on video, like when I was a kid, I would love it and think it's amazing. But actually, I didn't get this on video at all. But like the DVD, as I say, I've only watched it a couple of times. So maybe that's why I didn't watch it as a child. But so maybe I'll be like, oh, wow, it's really cool. You know, if I was a kid, I'd be like, let's play Litten in the playground <laughs> getting killed, you know? <laughs> I don't know, maybe. It's, yeah, like I say, it's, sometimes it's how you watch it or when you watch it. It is. It, and that affects a lot, I think. Like I said, I think that's why I enjoyed the first one so much. And it's something for me to get used to because I think I need to adapt my watching style and how I watch them. Yeah, well, you can get in touch with us on Twitter or Instagram at 2 Watch. Who? And we'll see you next time for Vengeance on Varos. Bye. Bye. To watch who?